0: Welcome to episode 67 of The Roger Snipe Show. Thank you for tuning in to The Roger Snipe Show. The aim of each episode is to leave you feeling more informed than when you started. You can expect a vast array of subjects from functional medicine to economic developments. Each week, I'll be interviewing experts in different fields to bring you an awesome show. rod 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 roger snipes show yo what's going on peeps hope all is great and everybody is remaining covid free <laughs> once again so today's guest goes by the name of Aaron and um, he's a full-time property investor um Yes, yes. As as some of you might know, I have a deep interest in property investment. I invest myself and throughout my journey, I've met lots of great people who are um, great in their field. You know, they they have a, a massive portfolio and they've been doing it for a while. And I remember my own journey when I first started trying to seek help and understanding um, you know, what a person should do to get on the property ladder. And it's like I knew so many people that had properties, but every time I tried to get some sort of advice, everybody was like, Oh yeah, but now's not the time, and or I, I, I got on the ladder at the right time, and um, oh it's really hard now. Like nobody gave me great advice. It was it it's it's so difficult sometimes, like nobody is there. So um, I end up paying for a course uh, or shall I say courses um, like professional masterclasses and it cost me quite a lot of money to get on there but um, I think that much of the information can be found online but it, it's a case of speaking to reputable people because so many people have different views on what is the way, best way to do it. Everyone's got their own, own views and opinions. So you want to speak to people that have done it and are doing it right, you know. So what I wanted to do in this podcast was to cover some of, some of the fundamentals. You know, like, like if you're a beginner, what are the things you should be looking out for? um yeah what what you know going on the property ladder what is the most important things what are the most important things so you know so Aaron himself he moved from the corporate ladder um, or corporate life into setting up his own business in property and well I'm not going to get into that right now we're gonna we're gonna speak to him and see what he has learned along the way and get some really good tips to get you started so that you don't end up making any big expensive errors along your journey. I mean it's okay to make the a few errors here and there. I remember the first property which I wanted to buy, it was actually a HMO. <laughs> a HMO uh, or, or in other words called a house of multiple occupations. So, it's a house which um it's some people call it a multi-let it's like where rooms are rented out separately but hmo is the proper word for it uh, or terminology and um so i was speaking to an agent and um yeah they they had a vendor that was looking to sell it we agreed a price i was super excited um now for a first-time buyer you would actually need to have a certain... You normally need to have experience in at least a few buy-to-lets. That's that's the general um, perspective given. But um, I just wanted to jump straight in the deep end. And I'm not suggesting that everybody um, only starts with buy-to-lets. Some people do some (laughs) big projects. Anyway, I won't get too much into this, but I made an agreement with the vendor through the uh, estate agent <clears throat> and uh found a good a good lender and so the surveyor was to go and visit the property on a certain date and then so before the date came i, I just wanted to double check and make sure everybody uh, received notification from my solicitors that all was going ahead and everything was running smooth and basically, I, I contacted the estate agent, and they just said, "Oh, I'm sorry, the vendor has decided they're gonna sell uh, to someone else." I was like, "Wait, are you for real? Well, you're just making it seem so casual." You know, like, in the meantime, like there's been money exchange where I've had to pay for expenses before that moment. Now, sometimes. These issues can't be avoided. But, um, you know, that, you know, it it cost me, I would say, I don't know, maybe about £600 or something like that, which was not too much, uh, considering I've heard some crazy stories where people have paid quite a lot of money. Um, So I think with this particular episode, you might be able to just learn little tips and tricks to put you in the right direction. Anyways, let's bring on Aaron. So Aaron, how are you doing my friend?
1: I'm very good, Roger. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Ain't no worries at all. No worries at all. So where are you right now? You, you, Before we got talking right now, um, before we arrange this podcast, <laughs> you mentioned that you was going to be going overseas. So where are you right now?
1: Yes, I, I, I'm currently in Malaysia. Um, that's where I'm originally from. So just came back for, for a holiday vacation uh, as well, escaping the, the, the lockdown in the UK.
0: Yeah. Yeah, oh man, it's quite, it's quite cold here, I must admit, and uh, sunlight is very minimal. I see you've got
1: air con in the background there. Is there see, air conditioning? <laughs> Indeed, yeah, we need that. Like now it's uh, around eight, half eight uh, at night, mm-hmm. and uh, it's still very, very warm here. It's around 25 to degree uh, mm-hmm. Celsius um, even at night. So, so I'm sweating. I'm literally sweating. Right. Uh, in the daytime, it's, it's close to 35 to 40 degrees. It's wow. all year long. Wow. Wow. And you're there with your family, right? Yeah. My families are, are all here. We are running a uh, fruits wholesale business uh, in Malaysia. Oh, that's amazing. Amazing.
0: Yeah. So other than that part of your business, one of the reasons why I got you on today is to uh, talk about property. Mm-hmm. now as you know i'm very interested in in property and different types of uh ways in which you can make uh property investment work yeah. and we met uh, where do we meet on um on a course isn't it
1: yeah one of the business uh mastermind
0: yeah yeah and um yeah, hit it off. And I remember turning up at one of your events.
1: What is that called? Yeah. Square Mile Property Meet? Yeah, Square Mile Property Meet. Um, th- the reason it's called Square Mile is is uh, we, we have the event literally in the Square Mile. So traditionally, it's called City of London, Square Mile, which is Financial District of London. And the reason I started that was I, I was working in the city and I work long hours like many other city workers, uh, especially in finance. Um, and what, what happened was um, every time I finish work, I want to go out to network with property entrepreneurs and investors um, like, like yourself and myself. And it's just, there's none other events that is close to my doorsteps. Um, so some other need to travel half an hour, 45 minutes to the, to the, to the, to the place for networking. And, and so I decided to start my own amazing and that that was simple
0: yeah yeah and that's good if you can bring it to your doorstep it saves you traveling around i remember yeah. when i was um going to uh there was uh there was
1: one meetup which is called yes yes property yes yeah that, that is in richmond so it richmond. Take, probably take me about 45 an hour to get there
0: and for me about two hours
1: yeah
0: yeah insane right
1: Exactly. Um,
0: so yeah what you've done there is amazing and in fact when I went there I met um, quite a few different types of people not just property investors but people that Mm -hmm. were coaches in different fields they have different types of businesses so it gives you the opportunity to uh, network with a just a bigger variety as well you know
1: yeah What, Um, what was the topic when you when you attend the event um
0: i think it was there were parts to do with regulations on hmos um, okay. i'm just trying to think of actual speakers there
1: so it's it's, it's about hmo uh, property investing
0: yeah yeah hmos and i think there were some other stuff it was a little little while ago um but it, there was a lot of Uh, noteworthy stuff to to put down so it was cool yeah yeah Yeah, really good so what got you into property yourself because I know that your background was something completely different as you said you you were a city worker what was you doing before and how did you get into property
1: yeah that's that's very good question so um, I, I was born in the family business as I say, in Malaysia so um, starting a business is always in my mind that I wanted to do one day. Um, I haven't thought much and do much um, of it until recent years. So I, I, I finished my two degrees in actuarial science. Um, so what it means is that um, financial mathematics and statistics in, 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 in finance products, and that's what I um, specialize in, like risk management, for example. So uh, after I finished my, my two degrees, I work in city of London London for six years um, in investment consultancy. Uh, we mainly advising institutional investors um, range from a few hundred million to 10, 20 billion pounds of funds. Um, so we advise them on their investment strategy. So I was in a risk modeling and, and, and investment strategy team. So, so basically, we are the numbers team, numbers guy uh, of, of, of the whole company. So we produce all the numbers, all the strategies, and, and then present it to, to the clients. Um, and that, that that is really my background in the past 10 years or so, my study, my, my, my education, my, my, my work. And alongside my while I'm working halfway through, um, I, initially, I was attended to a course that we, we both um, uh, shared and 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 thought that is it's a good idea to get into property and, and as many people do as well read the rich tech poor that um, about fifteen years ago. So so I decided to make it make a start in property business really about three years ago. Mm. And that was the beginning. And while I'm working full time in, in in the corporate world and, and starting my uh, property business alongside during weekends and 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 put in the late evening hours to to make it work. And in the past three years, we so far we have acquired um, over a million pound of the prop worth of property under the brand of Acquired Property Group. Uh, while I'm working full time, as well as running the events that I mentioned just now, Square Mile Property. Meet, uh, in the past two years, we have sold over thousands over 1,000 tickets in the past two years. Um, I've connected with hundreds and hundreds of people, uh, property related people, investors, developers, um, like, like yourself. Um, so so that, that was kind of the summary of what happened in the past three years recently. Left my corporate job, I built up a, a small portfolio or HMO portfolio, do a bit of buy and sell, flipping projects. And now I'm, I'm full-time focusing on property. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, and did you feel secure to
0: move from a job that you'd been in for so many years to then move go into property? I know that was your, you know, your, I guess, your passion to decide to follow your dream. But you know, for many people, if they've been in a job for so long, that's yeah. that security normally yes. them back. How did it feel for you at that particular point? Especially you having a, a newborn as well. Um,
1: yeah, how was it? It, 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 was, um, it was a tough um, but also easy decision because it's something that I always wanted to um, get into property and, 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 and start my own business. So um, it, it was um, pretty stable to work full-time in, in a city. We got good pay, um, working on the job that I, I like. I like numbers, I like investment. So, so it's fine. Like I like working with other really smart people. The, the company I work with, are very, very, um, growing rapidly in the past ten years, um, and the people I work with are super smart. They're people from Oxford and Cambridge, um, a maths degree, so genius. <laughs> yeah. And um, so, I mean, I, I'm. It came. F- I came from a business environment, like business, family business. So. I understand the fundamental and what it takes to grow a successful business, mm-hmm. so um, for me, it was tough in, in terms of myself, like it, um, having the secure payroll coming in so that that's one of the things um, become employ uh, and the difference difference between employee and business owner uh, when you are an employee basically when you when you turn up to work you, you do your job as long as you are you meet the Requirement from your manager, you get paid every month, right? And 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 that is pretty pretty certain every month. But entrepreneur and business owners the other way around, where you put your money into something on a business or a project, and then you you almost see no return. And not only that, you need to pay for all the professionals who are working with you, and you need to pay for your investors, and and you see all the outgoing before you see the results, uh, before you see the reward. So that is one of the things that hits me in reality that um, being an employee is so stable, you just get paid no matter what, whether business is good or bad, you just get paid. But being an entrepreneur is, is taking a leap of faith that you, do, you take a calculated risk, right? You understand that when you're entering a property projects, acquisition, you know that it will make money in one year or two years' time mm. because it might not Make you money in the first year, and more that more often first year is the riskiest year because you buy the property, things could go wrong, you do the refurb, things could go wrong, you refinance things, things could go wrong and 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 those are the risks that we are taking, but knowing that what will be a reward in the future you you 'll be um kind of um, happy to to do that transaction so that 's one of the things that i I found thats, that's a real difference between. Uh, being an employee and an entrepreneur.
0: That's fantastic. That is really interesting because when you've been doing that for so long, you know at a certain date, let's say uh, right at the end of the month, you know you're going to get paid and you're almost planning how much you're going to save, how much you're going to spend. You know exactly how it's going to work. It's so predictable. And I think as humans, we we like to know what is going to happen. We wanna yeah. be able to predict stuff. If we can't, yeah. then I think that's where a lot of people start to build anxiety and feel uncertain. So yeah, taking that leap is really, really interesting. And it takes yeah. a strong-minded person. So is, yeah, sorry, was you gonna say something?
1: No, I'm gonna say it's, it's a leap of faith really at the end of the day. Like um, when, when you go into business, you, you can do the all the, the forecasting and, you know, all this like COVID-19 in 2020, it, you, you never know what will happen. So in the beginning of 2020, I was planning like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to sell this project. I'm going to do this project. I'm going to refinance this all plan out. And, and it's just not on schedule, you know, like uh, in reality because of a whole pandemic. So, so, so in business, that's, that's the thing that we, we are taking on in a risk. Uh, as well as the reward, so the reward could be huge in 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 in, in business. So um, there is a, there's a limit how much you can do um, uh, in, in as an employee. You can you can climb the corporate ladder, but there's a limit how much you can earn because you know even you earn 100,000, 200,000. That that's kind of the most people like uh, that's 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 the uh, kind of top of their career. But as an entrepreneur. You, there's there's no limit how much you can achieve. I'm sure we can. We'll discuss this more later about raising capital and how you how you scale. So so in in Chinese um, there's a word called um, the word um, the word uh, working is called gong. Is 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 written like this. So what it means is that is 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 it means working. And, and 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 there's a saying is that the gong um, there's no. There's there's a limit. There, there's, you, you can't you can exceed, there's a ceiling. It, it, yeah. it can't be the, the head and, 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 and grow be, beyond that ceiling. Mm, so it's mm. like, 公, 公, 自, 不出头, <laughs> which is, you cannot, there's a limit, there's a ceiling of being an employee where you cannot grow beyond that.
0: It's like a, a cap, you know. A you, cap, you're, yeah. You're capped at a certain amount and it doesn't yes. matter how much extra effort you put in it. It's like, well, the boss says, thanks. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> but you're not getting paid anymore for that effort. You no. Know? Um, so it's great. It's great. You've got you've got a, a little portfolio. Now, there's so many different types of investments which are out there. Um, not just property. You've got people who yeah. do... Um, uh, stocks and shares and forex and you know the whole whole shebang yeah. what made you pick property um uh, above other choices i'm sure you know in 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 what you was doing before you probably had um maybe close access to um to uh investing in in shares in different companies i yeah. assume um but why property why pick that above or do you do others as well but mainly property how does that work for you
1: yeah well well to be honest before the property business we we invest in in everything the stocks and shares the funds and everything um the fully diversified our, our, our funds so um it's a very interesting good question uh, Roger because um, well if you have a lot of money you we we should be like diversify our money and um, and and for me why property um, is really because of um, I wanted to start a business because it can be run as a business not just putting your money and parking your money and grow because this is more than just an investment it's a business where you can leverage bank and private finance to grow uh, of course, in, in, in financial market, you can, there's a, lots of uh, um, tools and derivative where you can leverage a property. You can do it as a, as a proper business as well as, and it is also a proven business. It's a proven business. We're not starting um, something new. We're not creating something new. We're just doing something that many, many other people have done it before. So we just follow the footsteps and replicate um, in our own um, area or or property. So, so it's pretty safe and, 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 and proven business. And on top of that, of course, um, will be bricks and mortar It's a real asset. It's not a piece of paper. When you go and buy stocks, a piece of paper, if a company go bankrupt, you lose everything. So bricks and mortar, if things really go uh, in a pear shape, um, you you still go building and bricks and mortar and you have more control. On your, on your own money, on your project, on your investment, you make a day-to-day decision. So you got more control. If you put money into other um, funds and fund manager will have fully control of where and what they invest in. So in property, you decide where and what do you want to invest and, and after you bought the property, what do you want to do with it? So you have full control of that. Um, icing on the cake in the long term. Um, Property will um, give you good return in a very long term, it's inflation link. So if, if, the, if the money that you're holding is gonna dimin- diminishing in terms of value, um, it is going to be because there's inflation every year because Bank of England is targeting 2% of int- uh, inflation rates every year going forward. Um, and it's gonna protect you against your uh, uh, losing the value of your money. It's parking your money in property. And, and you see a lot of um, rich people, wealthy people, they do part their money in property. Imagine you have 10 million or, or 20 million or, or 50 million pounds of cash. You got to park in somewhere, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna hold as cash. So, so that's one of the big uh, um, advantage of property is in, in the long term, you should be um, uh, receiving inflation-linked return. So your return in in, in the long run should be roughly um, equal to at least the inflation um, rate um, in the UK. And one thing that we are experiencing right now is government is printing money, uh, pumping millions and millions of pounds into the economy. This is at least twice or triple the size of the money printing compared to the 2008 financial crisis, right? So what it means is that imagine all of a sudden you have um, a lot money supply in the market, in the economy. So the first thing would happen is that um, the asset price will go up, right? The stock will go up and the the property price will go up because by definition, you you have more money going into the market and and, and 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 that money need to be spent somewhere, right so that is one of the ways the government used to stimulate the economy is to pumping the money into the economy and at the moment we' not we're not seeing the effect the full effect yet right now, but in the next three to five years in the near future, we will see uh, this will be that money will be uh, seeing in 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 the market uh, hence like um the market would go up
0: mm. that's interesting interesting um, yeah, I had a few questions, but it was like as you were talking they um they sort of disappeared, and I was sort of transfixed on what you were saying um, well yeah that makes that makes total sense, and I guess uh, yeah i guess it's a it's a lot safer I've seen some people who yeah the moment a problem happens with a business and they've they've uh, bought shares, I, I've seen I've seen people close to suicide over that. You know It's like, wow, just you know watching the market crash, that's got to be a painful thing.
1: There's a lot of emotion in the market right in in, in the market. So what you see today um, in, um, in the property market, in the stock market, it's all about emotion so let's say uh, when the pandemic hit, pandemic hit the covid-19 the the market would crash and when you see the brexit when you see the uh, um, the vaccine news came out and the market just just going up again so 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 is in what you see in, in the stock market and property market uh, well, more of the stock market is the reflections of people expectation of future right right it doesn't mean that this will be a reality, but what it means is that people's expectation, right? Yeah. So that's why you're seeing that the market is actually still okay in the last year in 2020. It's not as bad. So what it means that I, my imp- interpretation is that the, pe- the pe- people are still optimistic of the market in the near future, mm-hmm. right? So, so, so we'll see
0: yeah we shall we shall so you left your corporate job uh you went into property um as a as a lifelong decision and Mm -hmm. you felt felt confident that it's gonna it's gonna work you obviously felt confident that it's gonna work for someone who wants to do the same thing um what would you say are the things that they need to look out for, like what, what, what should be their, I don't know, their checklist before deciding to take the leap like yourself?
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean um, um, there are a lot of things that um, you need to consider, um, of course, before you take the leap on faith. But in terms of uh, when you're starting out, um, I always think that there's the three key kind of areas you should think about and to decide how you should be starting your journey. And um, and, and that is three things. The one is the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. And one is capital, which is the money, the funds that you have, how much fun you have, and three is the experience. Okay, how much experience you have when you start your property journey. So let let me elaborate that. So so first thing is the time where which is how much time do you have every week to dedicate to property investing? Okay, so is it one hour? Is it three hours? Is it ten hours? Is it twenty hours? So that that would determine your strategy, and how much hands on and hands off would you like to be, right? So so. This is also uh, linked to the experience level. Like if you have no experience, zero experience, like um, do you want to be hands on or hands off, right? If no experience, you either go to learn from someone else who have done it before and do it yourself. And that linked to the time as well, you're going to put in time and effort to learn and actually do it. Um, or you partner with someone else who have done it before, already in, in the game. So that saves you time. And, and, and time and experience are two things. And the third thing is more about your capital. How much money do you have? Okay. If you have 10,000 or you have 100,000 or you have a million pounds, it's a different st- story. Yeah. I, I've known people uh, in the game, they started about the same time as mine. They bought, already bought 20 or 30 property already without much of the effort because they already have the money in to, to invest. So, so they just go and buy, 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 park the money and create a cash really quickly, right? So for them, is not much issue, right? So I, I, think, I think experience is the least important one. The more important is the time and the money. Time and money. You, you have to have one of those, okay? Either have money and you have no time, that's fine. You can, you can find someone to work with you and, 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 and outsource a lot of things, that, that's pretty easy. Solution. Mm. If you have time, have no money, it's a bit harder, but it's not impossible. Where you can raise capital with someone, who have money, JV, and, 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 and source property to rent rent etc. So so you can make it work as well. So, so JV, if you have no time,
0: joint venture, right? Yeah, what joint people venture. People don't know joint venture. Okay, cool. Sure,
1: joint venture for people who are um, not in in, in 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 property. Joint venture means like partner with someone else. So so if you have no money and no money and, and, and no time and and you got to squeeze some time out. <laughs> you yeah. gotta do something, yeah. right? So 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 you gotta have time. You've got to squeeze time from weekends and late evenings to to, to learn and, and start working with someone. What um, does
0: it mean to uh, dedicate time to property? So you don't have a property, what what sort of things are people doing to 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 get a property? What what are the yeah What are they doing? You know, all right. I want to get a property. What does a person need to do? What is what's the procedure in finding the right property?
1: Yeah. sure. Um, let me explain. Um, for uh, in every property business, if it, if you're talking about investment property investment business. For me, there are, there are four main pillars, right? Mm-hmm. So the first two is, one is you've got to find a property and find a site. So it's like the deal site. you have got to find a deal, you're gonna find a property or, or land or something do with it as a deal, okay? Mm-hmm. So you're gonna, um, as, 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 as a minimum, gonna to go to um, look, do research, understand your area, look for the property, Uh, view the property and put in offers and progressing towards the acquisition of the deal. That's one side. So another side which happen at the same time is the finance, the capital, okay? So you gotta get the money from bank as well as you're gonna work with private investors, right? So these are the people who will work well, work best with you, especially during the recession which we are likely to experiencing in the 2021 as well. So in, during the recession time, um, what happens is a lot of banks um, going to tighten their lending. So we see that as well in the recent uh, past few months, which the down value, um, the, 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 the property price, the property value, which is equivalent to reducing the loan to values, right? right. So they're, they're tightening their lending. So this is the time you are going to work with private investors. People have the capital in the bank and they want to partner money with, with people like myself and yourself who, who are doing the work and, and find deals. And then you get two of them to line up and, and marry them. And then that, that is going to um, be the property project. You're going to start to work on. So you buy the property, you buy the property aside and then you got the finance investors from banks or whoever, and then you, the third pillar is the project delivery and management. So it could be uh, you're fixing. So the, the, the overall um, thing that you do on the project man, uh, project delivery is solving a problem. So what is the problem you're solving when you buy the property? So a lot of time for us is uh, we're buying a rundown property um, and, and, and desirable property, and then we, we, we do it up into very high standard HMO. So that's the problem we are solving. And then we, the solution we're providing is high-end rooms that we rent out to professionals. And some, sometime it could be a legal issue on the lease that you fix that issue. Um, so basically you do something to solve the problem uh, of, 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 of the deal, and then you, 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 you make money off that. So that is the third pillar, is the project delivery and the management. You might need to manage the refurbishment, managing the people to to deliver the projects. And the fourth pillar to me is is the exits. So what would be the exits that you um, want to execute? It could be selling the property, it could be refinancing, and then you manage um, the tenants on an ongoing basis. So that is the fourth pillar. How are you going to run that uh, property or the site going forward or going to exit at that time. So that is the fourth pillar. So uh, to answer your questions, uh, you, 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 you asked me about what, what, how is it like um, to, to actually doing the property, is, is there any activities that is uh, fit into the four pillars yeah. would, be, would be running your business. You're finding deals, you're finding the finance, and then you deliver the project. Project and then you 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 work on the exits or managing the the, the, the tenants uh, going forward. Mm. Oh, that's that's
0: awesome. Let's say I'm sure you got different people who have different amounts of money which they have to start off with, and sure. probably be a big determining factor as to maybe their their approach or what type of property they're going to go for. Let's say you have limited funds. Would you suggest it would be better to try and marry it up with an investor to get a larger amount of funds? Or would you suggest them to start off with get their feet wet and find a smaller property by themselves? What would you say would be?
1: That's that a really good question. Roger. I've seen people done many different ways um, to make it work, especially in square mile. People are very, very time poor um, and they might have capital and they might not have capital, as much capital. Um, so uh, it is first thing is based on the three things that I mentioned just now, the time, the money and the experience. And second thing is about the why. Right. And why do you want to invest in property? okay do you want to build a business um do you want to just earn some cash like one off twice and third time i'm going to quit you're going to stop or is this something that you want to build as a pension right and and this will motivate you and what is the end game of the for you in property Mm. right so if we begin with the end in mind then we can make a better decision what should we do right now right okay And, and is your objective going to be um, learning uh, from someone who've done it before, learning about refurb? Um, is your objective trying to minimize the travel? Then you're gonna work locally, right? So if you li- live in London and then you want to, um, you don't have much time and you don't want to travel three to five hours up north, You it, it just doesn't work if you want to buy like £50,000, £30,000 of the property, the small property. (laughs) And and if you're in London, you may want to do rent-to-rent. So there are three things I can think in term of, um, there are probably more ways, like three things I can think of right now that you can do when you have uh, very little money, which is the first thing is to do rent-to-rent. It's a very low capital kind of uh, entry, uh, uh, low barrier of entry in terms of capital level if you don't have a lot of money five to ten grand per deal you can you can make it work um, or sourcing properties sourcing deals is a good way where you can learn how to source good deals and, and how to speak to estate agents how to source direct to vendor deals and, and that train your skill set when you want to build your own portfolio you, you, you can use the same skill set as well so it's more about um sourcing deal what it means for by that is that you you find the deals and then you sell it on to someone else to investors and charge a commission so you earn some cash in advance um so the another way um uh, you mentioned just a joint venture is is partner up with someone who have the capital and 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 basically work with them right so so you, you got to by doing that you've got to have the experience you've got to learn about property and put in the time to find deals and partner with someone who have the capital and then work together so um, those are the things that um, i think for people who have very little money can think of and of course um, you've got to invest in yourself uh, learn about it learn from others so this is one of the we we did really like when we have when we are very time poor work in the city one of the deals that i've done is to partner with someone who find the deals and do the projects and we have a bit of capital, then we just park it, we just, we know the area as well, so, but we have little time to actually deliver the projects and finding good deals. We partnered with this guy that we um, put in the money and then he find it, found the deals and he do all the work and then he managing the tenant as well. So basically we, we, we go 50-50 on this project. Um, we're gonna, we, we sold this, sold this property and then we split the profit. Mm. So, so in every joint venture, it's about seeing what you have and what you do not have. Right. So what you have and you're going to find someone that is, have something that you do not have. You know, something that our strength and, and, and other people's weakness and other people's weakness your strength. So you just marry up and, and that's, that's how it works. so, that that is one of the ways that you can make it make, make it work uh, when you have very little capital um, but if you have real capital and little time and and, and I, I think that's a real issue where they ha- just however, need to
0: find it they just need to find time if they however, really yeah, want it yeah, to work, work right yeah 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 I, th- I think i think i think that it with money it's a, it's a bit harder but i think with time People can always manage if if they really want it to work.
1: Otherwise, yeah. don't do it. <laughs> so, so that, exactly. Yeah, that, that comes to the why. Now, the why is really important mm. that will drive you and motivate you uh, during the dark time and the hard time. And it will be there will be a hard time for every business. There will be a hard time. And most businesses fail in, in their first three years because it's, it's not easy. It's easier yeah. if you want to take an easier route work for someone else, that's much more easier, right? If you're gonna have um, your entrepreneur business, it's gonna be hard, um, but it's rewarding,
0: right? So- There's an expression that if you work hard, then you'll live an easy life in the future. But if you uh, take the easy route, then you'll have a harder life in the future. So-
1: yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a saying similar to that as well is, you work hard so that you don't have to work hard in the future. <laughs> I
0: like that. I like that. So let's say somebody wants to... Someone someone has a lot of money, uh, yeah. but they, they don't know what to do. And let's say that they, they listen to our podcast and they're like, I like these guys. <laughs> I want to... Invest in one of their projects. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, but they're unsure. It's like, I like you, but what is my security? What sort of security can a person expect when they want to be an investor or, you know, do some sort of JV partnership yeah. with someone else that they they kind of trust, but it, they want some kind of level of security?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, like uh, every investment in security is super important because you've got to know that your money is safe. That's the rule number one of Warren Buffett. Rule number one is not to lose your money.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, think, I think it's a fair question. It's a really good question. I mean, like, um, two, first and foremost, as, as a property investment, your first security it it is the property so it's a bricks and mortar it is is real asset so that is number one security number two security is you have someone like roger or myself that's your security because yeah. because we we've been through the property education we've been through some property projects we've been investing in property so we know what are the what are the uh, risks. What are the mistakes that people make, and we made the mistakes ourselves. So, so we 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 see the things that, based on our experience, and see other people doing the same. So we kind of minimize all the risks as much as possible, in terms of a least amount of uh, possibility that things could go wrong. So 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 we kind of maximize the success when people invest with us because we invest in ourselves. We pay a lot of money learning yeah. about property. Yeah, that's sure. and, and and not only that, we're doing the the do, we're we doing the work as well. So we, we go viewing the property, we we do the projects and, and we learn. Plus, we're not only learning because the smartest people is not learning from their own mistakes, but we're also learning from other people' mistakes. That's how we connected uh, in the property events like Square Mile Property Meet, the Business Mastermind. So we learn from other people' mistakes as well, so that we can maximize the chance of the success. Um, not only that, we we have um, for me, I have uh, always have a mentor. Who, who have as a sounding board to check uh, our, our, our high level deals and strategy of our business. So we're trying to run it as safe as, as secure as possible for mm-hmm. every investment that we make.
0: Yeah, that's, that's good for people to know. Awesome. Yeah. Nice. Thank you for that. So we're living in this, this crazy situation, the uh, you know, the pandemic, mm-hmm. lots of people, Social distancing, and um, I, I, I had um, a, a leak through uh, the roof of one of my properties, and I had oh, no. go around to check it out. And um, well, I had a builder go there, but I wanted to check the work. And you mentioned about distance of property, and it's not yeah. the most ideal when you got to travel <laughs> like three hours. And yeah, and it was a bit weird because I turned up and. We kind of wanted to shake hands, but didn't, you know. And I'm wearing a mask, and it was it was a bit weird, but yeah. it was it was formal and informal at the same time. Yeah. Um, and then the, the builder came round, and we was all talking together, and it was it was it was cool. Um, and and one of the things we was talking about was um, just where the future is going in terms of property, you know. Well, me and the builder, anyway, because he's an investor himself. Mm-hmm. And um, he's still working. He said, uh, it, it, it's, it's a bit slower, but it's still, it's still possible. Yeah. Um, and I think he's dealing with mainly uh, buy-to-lets, buy-to-lets. And he said, it's, buy-to-lets are quite safe. Um, yeah. HMOs, he said, he's not too sure. I think, actually, I mm-hmm. think he's working on a, a few HMOs. But he said, mm-hmm. "Service accommodations um, are being affected right now." Right. So I, I wanted to get your insight on, um, you know, the whole pandemic and people who want to invest. Um, obviously, they want to put their money in the right place. Okay, yeah. everybody knows that property is good, but it's like yeah. which area of it area of it is the, yeah. the safest move. Um, yeah so w- what do you think is the smartest strat- strategy right now
1: Yeah that that's a fantastic question i mean like uh, everyone um have their own view of um um on this in terms of the pandemic and um one thing i learned um to before I answer your question is that um one thing i learned is that I work with a lot of uh, professionals and the people in property including like builders you know like architect etc etc as, as a business owner ourselves we make the decision um, we are the final decision maker we are, we are responsible of everything that we of we do um, so so the reason I say that is that um, you might be in, in your property journey you might hear different opinions or different well you might even hear conflicting information and um, even from that let's say a letting agent or estate agent, different estate agent or different letting agent might have different view on different things in the same area. So as a business owner, you got to make a judgment call of how you're going to, where you're going to buy a property, right? So the way I do it is that whenever I speak to someone, always think about their vested interest, right? So, So are they... Uh, what is their background or and 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 what is their portfolio for example letting agent if they oh that area is good that area is not good I would ask them how big is your portfolio and which area that you cover because you cannot command on the area that you're not in. Right. Mm-hmm. So so that's something I learned is that even in this um, when you're running a project like builders might for example might give you an idea that is good from building perspective, right? It might not be best for your investment return perspective or client demand perspective or finance perspective, lenders perspective. So as a, as a property entrepreneur, what we got to do is to understand where they come from for, for, for each property, power team, professionals. And then we got our, our biggest value add is to bring all this view and suggestions and inputs might be conflicting and then you filter out and make that your decision and your business Mm, mm, mm. so so that's one of the things i'd like to mention before i uh, answer your question
0: yeah that's really interesting so that is a valid point absolutely you need you need to almost cover all angles first before you can make an informed decision i understand yeah
1: so, so that is kind of linked to um, the question that you asked me, what is the smartest strategy out there? Is that I think for every investment, property investment, the exit is the most important element. So it's the beginning with the end in mind. So regardless of the market condition, whether we're in a pandemic or not, for every property, we should have multiple exits, Okay, right. So what it means is, that, for example, the service accommodation that you mentioned, and a lot of service accommodations, what they're doing now is that they turn it into buy-to-let. In London, they are all of uh, flats that in London because it's affected by uh, COVID-19. They, they can't let out their, 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 their flats or rooms. They, mm-hmm. they will need to make money because business are not running. They can't let out. So they turn the whole flat into buy-to-let. For, for other areas, there might be a house, like a service accommodation. Accommodation I'm seeing also they are turning into HMO. So it's like more of a high-end kind of like HMO, very high-end because they are kind of a low-end hotel. But when you turn to HMO, it a very high-end HMO. So that is going to be another exit. So when we run our numbers, if you're doing service accommodation in my mind, is that what if one day this, as a service, service accommodation market doesn't work, which is which is the year of 2020, most of that are struggling, yeah. then you're going to pivot your business model. Can you do it as a buy to let it's going to, is that gonna kill all your cash flow? Probably gonna kill your cash flow. But if you quit your job is and, and you rely on that cash flow, you're gonna go back to work straight away because that that is what happens. So yeah. to kind of answer your initial question as well, like um, when you quit your job, you're going to have some contingency in your business as well as your personal as well. So you're going to have a cash reserve to make a leap for faith. Um, and yeah, I mean, I mean, so 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 multiple exits is extremely important, It's the key. And 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 is that gonna hurt your business? What what happened? Like if you run some numbers, what happened if when you do SA, then you need to turn it to bite or HMO. And that's exactly what happened during the pandemic. And, um, and also a lot of people might um, rent to key workers. So I see a lot of people, the first thing they do is that because they're losing out all the corporate uh, clients because the people are not working. Mm-hmm. And then what they do is that they rent out all these empty rooms and, and flats to, um, to key workers, to doctors, nurses, or they rent it to people who are self-isolating.
0: Self isolating.
1: Right. Yeah, so if you need to self isolate yourself for 14 days, or if you are working um, uh, in 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 hospital, you want to be away from your family to protect your family, then you want you might want to have a different place to live in. Then you 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 um you can rent a, a flat or a room um, outside, uh, which is might be as a a short term stay. Mm-hmm. Right. So to. So to answer your question more directly, what is the smartest strategy out there? And it's more about, in general, there are three points, right? The first thing is buying at the right price, not overpaying. So this is something that we've seen in the past few years. Um, a lot of people overpaying and, and to get into the deal. And, and that this is the time that we do not, overpay for any property so ideally buying at the discount if you're not make sure that at least not overpaying Mm -hmm. and second thing is is structuring the deal how do you structure the deals right Um, you can structure it creatively right you can you can you can put the lease option or delay completion what it means is that you can exchange and then complete the deal later on so that minimize your uh, initial capital that you need to put in so third thing you can think of is um, value add. You got to add value, that links to the point that we mentioned, we are solving a problem here. So when we solve a problem, we're adding value that will uplift the rent and or the price of the property. So, so regardless of any strategy that you do, you, you, can, you, can, you mentioned about buy to let, HMO, service commendations, even doing development, Anything that you're thinking about doing in property, right? There is there's the three things you could consider: is the price, buying at the right price, the structure of the property, how do you structure the deals um, creatively, and the value add. Mm. This is the third one awesome? Awesome. So yeah. if you okay, let's
0: say you got a service accommodation, you're thinking, oh damn, <laughs> this ain't looking <laughs> too well. <laughs> um, yeah. I want to turn it into a HMO, right? How is that going to work when it comes to the bank? Because obviously you have a certain type of mortgage going on. So, that's,
1: yeah, that, that's a really good point. I mean, that's kind of more of like um, the implementation. How do we implement that? I, I think that is the second thing we should be worrying. So, the first thing is, of course, is there a demand of HMO in the area? Right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's the first thing. Like if you have an SA, are you in an area you, that you can rent out as a HMO and and who are your um, tenants? Are they professionals? Are they students? Or a student might not be getting back to school, uh, uni like this year. Uh, <laughs> most of them are not. And um, is that social housing workers, uh, so, uh, so, social uh, social housing, which is a council tenants. tenants. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not likely to be the case because you are high-end, kind of high-end uh, HMO. You're likely to attract more of like a professionals and students. So I think that's the first thing is their demand for HMO, right? The second thing you mentioned there is the actual implementation. Um, I'm, I'm sure in the past year during the pandemic, the bank uh, would be a bit flexible. This is something you, you could check with a bank whether uh, you can rent it to it as a HMO. I'm sure a lot of banks will be um, happy for you to rent out rather than just, just keep it empty. Yeah. That's something that you need to check um, to ask for consent from the bank. And um, another thing you might want to think of is the RAG, uh, which is the HMO uh, regulation.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's another one. The course yeah, on so- HMOs, talking about all the regulations, I'm oh, like, uh, yeah, please <laughs> continue.
1: Yeah, so so that that is something you've got to make sure um, check on the council website and, 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 and go on to the HMO requirement um, and uh, uh, the regulation page you see a list of things that you need to do and meet the minimum room size and you 're going to have a fire alarm, um, a smoke alarm for example you 're going to have minimum space for the community area you 're going to have a fire door um, you 're going to have like um, all sorts of things that um, that you need to meet uh, to run as a HMO. So if you are a hotel, you, you are in a better place because hotel um, have, a, you, usually hotel is, is, is all like a, we have a fire door, everything, escape route, et cetera. So you know, you're, in, you're, you're fine. You, you can easily, uh, you've got a fire rack, etc. so you can easily to come into But If you're SA, uh, service accommodation, um, and you do not have the rag, then, then that's something you need to think about um, as well. So, um, especially, oh, on top of that is the licensing. If you have, um, uh, more than two household, you technically HMO, then mm-hmm. you, you need to look at the local council, uh, whether you're an article four, and then you might need to apply for licensing.
0: Oh yeah. Article four, article four. So article four is, um, uh, how would you explain it? Some areas can have HMO. Um, yeah. How would you explain right. article four?
1: Sure. We're getting a bit technical. Uh, here oh,
0: wow. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine.
1: That's fine. I mean, like, um, I can, I can explain it. That's fine. It's not a problem. Um, so te- article four, um, is something that is preventing you, um, to convert, um, it could be commercial building, but in our context, we're talking about HMO, convert a normal house into a house in multiple occupant occupation. So, so in all areas in the UK, by default, you can convert a normal house into a, a HMO that holds up to six people. Okay. So it's not number of rooms, it's number of tenants, six people. So, by, so you can do that under permitted development. So you can do it without applying for planning permission. So in some areas, for example, um, Birmingham, the whole Birmingham are now in article four. So if you buy a property in Birmingham and you want to convert into a HMO, you got to apply for the uh, planning permission before you can do the work. Right. Right, right. And you might not get the permission uh, if the council um, think it's not suitable or ve- if you're in an area that are very saturated or crowded uh, area of hmo and and, and and each council have a sp- specific rules of how many hMO they can have in the very small areas Got you. so something to to consider as well, which is um, something you definitely need to look into if you're thinking to convert a house into HMO whether you're in article four. However, the upside of um, having a HMO in the Article Four is that you are almost certain there is a demand. Okay? Because the reason of having that article four in is that there, is, there are too many HMO in the area that council to control that number of HMO. But the upside of that is that you're almost certain there's a demand of tenant in that specific area.
0: So article four is like a, a restriction. Yep. However, you may still be given permission
1: to- Correct. Re- yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. correct, yep. So you've you got more loophole, so not loophole, but <laughs> more loop to jump over, right. more barrier of, to, 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 to convert that into HMO. But once you get that, you you got um, you got almost qualified um, um, certain in terms of demand, and the good side on the finance side, the lender will love it because not not all people not not everyone would get the planning permission in 4 area. So if you get that, um, the the your your valuation uh, from the lender will be in your favor.
0: Got you. All right. Awesome. Yeah, that's brilliant. So. Um, so, in in many in many seminars, I've heard people mention. It's not even just seminars; like you just hear it everywhere, where people are always trying to instruct you to get used to not using your own money ever. You know, they like you know if if you try to buy a property with your own money, you'll run out quickly. I'm always hearing that. Don't use your own money, and you know the the popular thing is opm other people's money so the question is where (laughs) the question is is it easy to raise finance what's the fundamentals um to have people rushing to you to want to hand you cash uh, to invest with you sure
1: It's, it's a really good question um roger um I, th- I think it's, it's all down to how much money you have. As we had a discussion just now, if you have lots of money, you don't have to um, have other people's money in order to invest in property. So I suppose it's, it's more of your situation um, in terms of everyone's situation, like depend on your own situation. But of course, um, also depend on your desirable goal. If you want to be ambitious, if you want to build a proper business, a property business, you've got to work with other people. So I, I'm, I don't usually work, uh, use the word other people's money. I mean, it, it, it makes me feel that um, it's less important when you use other people's money. So to me, it's even more important than my money because it's not my money, right? right? Um, so so I, I usually refer them as private investors, so they're not a bank, so they're private investors who have the capital and they want to invest in property, so that is um, one of the key elements in every property business if they want to scale uh, to the next level because there 's a limit no matter how much money you have unless you are multi millionaire or, or billionaires you, 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 there 's a limit how much money you have and and, and when you hit that point you you've got you 've got to find other ways to to scale your business that that is when the other people money is where private investors come in, uh, where you, you you basically, what you need is the access to capital. Okay, so you don't have to have the capital, but you need to have access to the capital. Um, to me, it's, it's all summed up into one word, um, that um, to to have people who are lining up to invest with you, uh, which recently I signed up three, uh, three investors in the past month. Um, for, for, for my business they they they're ready fully ready to invest with us in 2021 so so that all summer into one word is the trust right for investment is all about trust so so it's all about building the trust and that trust come from uh, building the relationship getting to know you like you and 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 basically trust you right so so that's come with a process um, in term, and the timing as well you know, take time and to build that relationship and understand more about each other think, think about it as a as a as a marriage right so before you sign the paper uh, put a ring on, on 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 the lady and and commit for the rest of your life or the man and,
0: you've got some people you know man,
1: yeah and and <laughs> And and that that is the commitment of life, lifetime, right? That is the trust that you put in to another party, right? A Very very big trust. And how do you build that trust? Is that it takes time. You, you hang out together. You you you, you, you go in, when into uh, go into a relationship, and then you you go out for 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 meal. You go out for a movie. Uh, you talk on the phone. You, you you build that trust. And before that, what would happen is that. Um, you, you, you connect with each other, right? So you might connect with um, friends of friends or it might be online, it might be on, on Facebook. Um, that is a, f- a different touch point. So it's the same, exactly the same process um, in, in, in investors, private investors. So they got to know you, they're gonna spend time with you, um, they're gonna connect with you on a personal level, as well as the, on business level, they're gonna make money. But um, the 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 key thing is all about the whole journey. It, if if I were to sum up, is building trust. So the four C I'm going to share with you, in terms of uh, building that trust, and 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 the investor relationship is the the first C is the connection, right? So um, online or face to face, there's the connection. There's the first connection, the second connection, the third conne- connection. Um, we, we, we met through one of the events as well. That's the first connection that we have. And then we, we following up, we have that um, further catch-up meeting multiple times. We went to a gym a couple of times. We went for meals and we, we would do a Zoom call, And that is the connection and, and journey. It's very similar here. So the second C is a commitment. So what is the commitment for you and the investors, right? So the first thing, the commitment is the time commitment. Right, so we, we spend, spend time together so I also always look for how much is the investor willing to spend time with me um, before they put their money with me because if someone is busy and they can't even spend time with you to, to, on a phone call like how are you going to work together how are you going to invest together so that's always the thing I'm looking for is, the, is a commitment to each other in terms of uh, meeting up each other and of course the, uh, the, the money commitment later on. But the first thing is the time commitment. So commitment is the second C. So third C is a communication. So once you have that um, uh, commitment uh, with each other, so we want to build that relationship, then we're gonna have constant communication. Like you and I, we have a couple of phone call and Zoom, Zoom calls and Zoom calls and we build that relationship through communications. So so uh, similar to the analogy I, I mentioned, it's a relationship, you are got to keep in touch, you're going to WhatsApp, you're going to... And if you're, don't doing, if you're not doing that, you're not heading into the right direction, you're not going to get married at some point. And so you've got to have communication. Even our investors invested with us, we have regular com- communication about the projects, our life, you know, our business, what is happening. So that is a constant and regular communication. So the fourth, fourth, fourth C is collaboration. So that's working together. That's the business part. So once you have the connection, commitment, communication, and, and that's how you kind of um, come together and, 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 and look at how you can work together and, and what is your strength, what your weakness, and what do you have and not have, and how can we collaborate and work together and make money together and have fun together.
0: That's it. That's it. That's, that's great. That's great. That's amazing to know. Um, For both sides, for people who have the portfolio and, you know, they're trying to raise capital and for the other side who have the money, but they're unsure on what they should look out for. What's the fundamentals for them when they're handing over their money? What, what are the sort of people that they need to look out for? And just some key bullet points before handing over cash. So both people happy with the whole situation. They're not nervous about it. They're both um, in full understanding of what they're, what they're doing, what agreement they're going through and building a great relationship along the way. Not just like, Oh, here's the cash. Get yeah. on with it. <laughs> you know? Yeah.
1: If you are the people who um, uh, just want to partner money and make, money like there are many other places you can do that like that you search online there's many platforms that you where you part your money and get your return That's it. so that's not the business we are in we're in the business in the people business interaction we have the interaction we have on a personal level and you could learn about property as well so that's more than just the return more than just the investment return so we have the personal relationship to understand more about Property, um, the way we do things, etc. Yeah. So, um, if you were to sum up, like people looking for um, part, where to part their money when they invest in property, I, I think the f- the fundamental is the trustworthy. It's the person that you work with is you're going to trust them with your money? That that's the fundamental. And, and, and if, if you think that you can trust them with the money, then and, and that, that that is the key. Yeah. And can you work well with these people? Um, um, I, do you believe in them, in their vision, you know, um, and the track record and et cetera, et cetera? Um, I, I think it's all come down to the trust element because we, we have um, investors actually based in Singapore and he he trusts me a lot. Like um, a lot of things, I explained to him, and um, he he just he just um, trusts me fully, hundred um, percent. So uh, one thing we have to do as a business owner is that we uh, we need to protect the trust. Right, the trust doesn't come easy. You can build uh, trust um, years to build the trust, but it takes seconds to lo- lose that trust. Right. So, so you got to protect that. So, I mean, I mean, for people who are looking to invest, I think it's um, looking for people who are trust, trustworthy, and um, because there's a lot of uh, shark in the industry, where you could lose all your money. And if 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 the if the return is too good to be true, it's, it's likely to be too good to be true, because um, I, I know people who are. Um, from overseas, they're looking to invest in property in the UK, they got investing invest in a project that is 100% return or 200% return. And, and basically, well, I personally know them, they're from, from overseas right. and, and, and basically uh, half a year later and a year later, the, the, the company went bust. And they lost all their money, all their money. That's, that's painful. It's too good to be true. Because it's, it's a lot of return. 200%. But it comes with risk. Why would people give so much of their return um, away? There must be something.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, so, so just be careful. Um, and, and, and that's why when we work with investors, we, we take time to, for them to learn about us as well as for us to 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 learn about them, learn about each other, understand about each other before we go into uh, um, the business. So that that is really important to us. Super!
0: That's great. To building
1: that relationship and trust, yeah. both uh, both ways. Yeah,
0: relationship is everything. Or well, trust is everything. Yeah. I think. I think. I think that's all, Aaron. I think. Um, yeah, I, I think I got everything I need. I needed to hear. Uh,
1: Excellent. Uh, one final thing to mention, Roger. Um, I've recently set up um, my, my website. If anyone wants to know and connect with me um, or follow my social medias, uh, if you go to uk, and you can find everything about about uh, myself and uh, all my features on podcast and youtube and this will be on on there as well so once it's uploaded so um, if you want to get in touch and learn about property investing get in touch and i'll i, I usually post a lot of content on social media it's free it's a, it's a real life experience about um, uh, about uh, everything that i do and and some tips of investing as well
0: lots and lots i've seen You've got a ton of videos, which takes people through everything, you know, projects that you're working on, tips, um, and they're not long videos. They're easily digestible videos. So guys, definitely check it out. I'll put the, all the links in the show notes so people can click on it and follow. Thank you. Aaron, once again, thank you very much, sir. I really appreciate your time. You shared a lot.
1: (laughs) Same here. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Roger.
0: No worries, sir. You take care. Take care. Thank you for tuning in today's episode. Any guests which I have on the show really provide some golden nuggets and useful life-changing tips so always feel free to check out their social media platforms or website links which will be written in the show notes. These shows are financed by my sponsors so your contributions are always greatly appreciated.